Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a Sideline Sleuth. Today we're going to talk about the disappearance of a 25-year-old woman named Tiffany Daniels who vanished from Pensacola, Florida in the summer of 2013. I originally started researching this case almost a year ago, and then I decided to hold off for a while after I discovered that Tiffany and I have two mutual friends. Whoa. I don't know why, but I just didn't want to tackle that yet. I grew up in a military family, and we moved around a lot when I was a kid. I spent four years in Pensacola, so this hit really close to home for me. Tiffany and I are about the same age. I'm less than a year older than her, I think. So some of my friends are her friends. She went to high school with girls I lived on the same street as for years. Wow. It just felt like this could be anybody. This could be anyone I know. This could be me. So where is Tiffany Daniels and what happened to her? Today's episode is going to be different than any of our previous episodes because I interviewed Tiffany's mom, Cindy, a few weeks ago, and we're going to include clips from that interview in this episode today. First, I want to say thank you to Cindy because without her willingness to participate in the creation of this episode, it would not be the same or even really possible. It always means a lot to me when a family member or someone close to the victim participates in our episode in some way. I don't reach out to people for every episode, but I'm always glad when I do, and I'm glad when they reach out to us too. A lot of the time, the families and I end up talking after the episode airs, and that's just as special to me. Whenever they share a glimpse of their loved one's life with us, I feel honored because I know it must be painful to relive those memories and feelings, especially with a stranger. So this is what Cindy had to say about participating in our podcast. When people quit asking about Tiffany and they quit talking about her is when we get really sad because it's been like she's the presence of her not being here is there is no presence then. But as long as people are still talking about her and asking about her and everything. So we want people to know that it makes us feel good that you ask. So thank you, Cindy. And I hope you find your daughter. So here's what we know. Tiffany Daniels is five feet, seven inches tall, and she has blonde hair and blue eyes. Her mom described her as a free spirit, but not in a wild, wishy-washy kind of way. She was a responsible young woman with a kind heart who tried to see the good in everyone and everything. Tiffany is also very bright, having attended a magnet program in middle school and then later doing the international baccalaureate program at PHS, Pensacola High School. She was 25 years old when she went missing. She was last seen on the evening of August 12th, 2013, in the parking lot at Pensacola State College, which used to be called Pensacola Junior College, or PJC, when I lived there. She was working as a theater technician at the college at the time of her disappearance. She told her supervisor that she needed to leave a little early that day, and that she would need some time off for the next few days, possibly the whole week, because she, quote, had things she needed to take care of. End quote. He agreed, and Tiffany clocked out at 4.43. Because of that conversation, Tiffany wasn't reported missing until the end of the week. Oh, no. Yeah, because everyone just thought she, like, went somewhere to take something. Care yeah. things. After leaving work that night, 
no one has seen or heard from her since. But let's rewind for a second. The day before this happened, Tiffany had a farewell breakfast with her boyfriend, Gray. Huh? Which kind of seems like odd foreshadowing, but it wasn't a farewell breakfast for Tiffany. It was for him. Oh. He was relocating to Austin, Texas to go to school at UT. He had been accepted into the robotics master's program there. Though he suggested Tiffany move with him, she actually ended up deciding not to because she wasn't ready to leave Pensacola yet. The couple decided to continue to date long distance, though it wasn't the ideal situation. Cindy said that they, so she and Tiffany's father, thought the move was a great idea. Tiffany is a really artsy person, and if you know anything about Austin, Austin is for artsy people. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. In a good way. She told her daughter that she could try it out and then always come home to Pensacola if it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Gray and Tiffany were very close, and they both saw a future together. But Tiffany just wasn't ready to leave the city or her family yet. She was kind of torn, but it was kind of like a wait and see what happens. It was a great opportunity for Gray, and there was always the possibility that she would join him later. So the fact that she, like, wanted to be in Pensacola... Like says, at, something. Yeah, says something, yeah. Like, so she wasn't, she didn't want to leave. So the next day, she tells her supervisor, like I told you, that she needed to leave early and she would potentially be out the rest of the week. But she doesn't mention any plans or reasons why she would need to do either of those to anyone, none of her family, none of her friends, nothing. And apparently it wasn't like Tiffany to make plans and not tell anyone. So it's believed that after she left work around 5 p.m. that she drove home. Her roommate, Gary, was home at the time, but he didn't physically see her. He said he was in his room on the phone with his girlfriend, and he heard her come in and leave quickly. He said that he didn't actually lay eyes on her, so he doesn't really know for certain if it was Tiffany, but he heard someone enter and leave. Investigators think that it most likely was her due to the internet history on her computer and that she appeared to be home using it between 5 and 7 that night. But Tiffany leaving work early came as a surprise to her parents. Her mom said she was having some roommate struggles, like she was wanting or needing to have more than one, and she didn't want to stress about other people paying their share of the bills. Cindy said that it made sense she might want to leave early that day. She had a lot going on, like Gray just left and all that, but she didn't discuss it with her beforehand. I mean, if my boyfriend moved away the day before and I was upset about it, work is probably the last place I'd want to be. Oh, I'm opposite. I'd be like, give me something to do so I can stop pining. I don't know. Sometimes I am. Um, sometimes I need a distraction, and other times I'm like, I just want to crawl into a hole. Okay. So I probably just want to process my emotions. And you're right yeah. at school, like you, there's no time to be upset. Like you completely can't think yeah. about anything. But sometimes you just gotta let yourself go through it. You know? Yeah, I feel you. I just wouldn't come in that day. Though. Yeah, It'd yeah. Just be a whole day. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, let me leave like 15 minutes early. Right? She left yeah. like 4:45. So, just over a week later, Tiffany's abandoned Toyota 4Runner was located in the last public parking lot on Fort Pickens Road at Pensacola Beach. Inside the car was her bag, some water, a jar of peanut butter, which is my jam. (laughs) Peanut butter jam. (laughs) Didn't even mean to do that. Her phone, her wallet, her bicycle, some artwork, and a few articles of clothing. The bicycle tires had sand on them, but the car tires did not. I mean, some people ride their bike at the beach. Yeah. So she might just need a clear head. I don't know. It sounds like a lovely day, honestly, a beach trip. Yeah, by yourself, just relaxing, yeah. The parking lot is right by some condos, 
And when the car was found, a resident said that he hadn't seen it parked there just two days earlier. But it was found over a week after After. Tiffany went missing. Oh, so they're thinking it was very recently put there. Mm -hmm. The car had two fingerprints, one on the door handle and one on the steering wheel, that didn't match Tiffany or anyone known to her, reportedly. Yeah. So on the steering wheel? And on the door handle. That's something. Mm -hmm. I feel like the door handle, like anybody could touch your car, Mm -hmm. you really don't know, but... Cindy and I didn't talk about these details because this was like widely reported on the internet, so reportedly they found two fingerprints that weren't any of theirs. Despite running them through a database, police were not able to identify who the fingerprints belonged to. Cindy said that it made sense that Tiffany would go to the beach, though. It was a place she felt comfortable, and she went there a lot. And she did ride her bike there. So, like I said earlier, if I just needed some, like, me time to process things, and I was upset that my boyfriend left, and the beach was my happy place, that's where I'd go. And that's where she'd go. Honestly, it sounds really nice. Yeah. I wish I lived in Florida again. Yeah. There's no part of me wants to live in Florida. But for this, like, to have a beach. Why can't we just have a beach here? That's not garbage. Okay. I was going to say we do. Okay. So let's talk about Tiffany's roommate, Gary, for a second. He is the father of an acquaintance of Tiffany's named Noel. And he ended up moving in with Tiffany after she placed an online ad for a roommate. What? Wait. He's he's a friend of hers dad? Like, uh, an acquaintance. I don't think her and Noel were really friends, but... She placed an ad for a roommate, and he responded, and then they found out that he was Noel's dad. Okay. So he's older. Yes. Okay. So that was my next sentence. Though he was significantly older than Tiffany, he was 54 at the time, he was responsible, and not just a complete creepy stranger, because Tiffany sort of knew who he was because he was Noel's dad. Gotcha. Um, and they actually got along really well. A lot of people speculated that Tiffany and Noel must have been good friends, but that wasn't actually true. They just knew each other because they were a part of the Young Democrats Club, but that was their only connection. In fact, Noelle had to look through Tiffany's Facebook to find her parents whenever Tiffany couldn't be located because they weren't, like, good enough friends for her to have met them or spoken to them before or have their number or anything like that. On the evening of August 11th, so the night of the farewell breakfast and the day before Tiffany would disappear, she and Gary watched a movie together, and then after it was over, they both went into their bedrooms and went to sleep. Because they each had to work on the 12th. So they were friends, like, you know. Yeah, just roommates. Yeah, that night was typical and nothing out of the ordinary as far as Gary could tell. But the next morning, things already started off differently. He said that Tiffany got up at 5 a.m., which was much earlier than her usual rising time. He said he heard the door opening and closing repeatedly. After a few times, because remember, this was unusually early for her, he got up to check what was going on. But he didn't see anyone, so he didn't see Tiffany. When he left for work at 7, he noticed that her car was already gone and assumed that she just had to be at work early that day. But reportedly, she actually arrived at work at her usual time, not early. Weird. So what was she doing for a couple hours between whenever she left home and whenever she went to work? As we know, she left work and returned home for a little while that evening. Gary said that while he was in his room on the phone, he heard someone, who he assumed was Tiffany, enter and leave, right? But there's no real time frame for this. He was doing his own thing, so he wasn't paying that much attention to Tiffany. And I can understand that, like... Yeah, if you don't think anything's about to to happen, you're not paying, you're not hypersensitive. But police estimate it was between 5 and 7. But at 10 p.m., Tiffany wasn't there, and she would normally be home by then. 
So Gary, being a dad himself of a girl about Tiffany's age-ish, started to get concerned. So he contacts Noelle, his own daughter, and tells her that he's worried because Tiffany hasn't made it home and she's basically like, chill dad, she's probably just out with some friends. So that's odd because she didn't tell her roommate of any plans to take off for a few days. Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah, Even in passing, you're just like, hey, I'm not going to uh, be here for a while. Yeah, so. feed my place cat. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Feed, yeah, water plan or something, I don't know. Huh. So she didn't tell friends, she didn't tell family, she didn't tell her roommate. So why just tell your job and nobody else? Because you only tell your job so you don't get fired, right? Yeah, so, so it you're seems like you're planning back. on coming back. Yeah. yeah, good point. So Gary would call Tiffany's phone several times the next day before eventually convincing his daughter to message Tiffany's parents on Facebook. Also, the electricity was in Tiffany's name, and Gary discovered that it was cut off on August 14th, which was another red flag for everyone. That's, like, really close. Like, how long does it take before they cut your lights off? Mm, I think they wait a while. Yeah. A couple months at least. That's weird. Wow, so it had been... Like, a day or two, and your lights were turned off. They were like Either they were turned off by the person yeah. owning the account well, or I, turned off because it was delinquent. Yeah, we don't know. What? So he ended up moving out shortly after this. So he met up with Cindy, Tiffany's mom, and gave her his key. She and I talked about that, and she said that at that point, like she didn't think her daughter wasn't coming back. She wasn't in a panic mode. She reported her on August 17th, but she still didn't think she was, like, missing, missing, like, if that makes sense. Like, she fully expected her to come back. But the day after she reported her missing is when Gary decided to move out, and that was August 18th. Whoa. So, yeah. Cindy said she had offered to turn the utilities back on, but he said he had already decided to move and, like, he didn't want to stay. And then, like, six to eight months after that, Cindy said he moved to, like, out of the country. I think she said Italy, but I don't remember. Oh, okay. At first I was like, cool, Gary's helpful. Now I'm like, that's really suspicious. Yeah, she said she doesn't think that Gary is involved in her disappearance, but thinks he probably does know more about what was going on in Tiffany's life at the time she disappeared than he shared. Not that he's like in any way connected to what happened to her, but that he probably knew things she was doing or things she was up to that other people didn't know, and he's just not saying it. Wow. Yeah, so, like, I mean, they're close enough to sit down and watch a movie together. Yeah. So it's, like, hours of, like, in and, between And even if you don't tell people stuff, you see stuff when you live with them. Yeah. Huh. But Cindy said they never really got to talk because he gave her the key, and then that was it. And, like, at that point, she didn't, like, she didn't know that this was what was going to happen. Could so. you refresh me on the timeline? So she, she was missing on the 12th, and then they reported her on the 17th missing yeah. because... Nobody really knew. Yeah, because she, they, she said she was going to take a week off, so they, or the rest of the week, so they thought she was, like, doing something. And then how soon did he give the key back? Like, the 18th he moved out. That's immediate. Yeah, that seems weird. Like, did you feel unsafe there? Like, what was up? Like, did you know something? Was there something in the house that you didn't want anybody to search? You didn't want to yeah. be associated with the house? You didn't want to be a tenant at the house? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But she oh, said, like, she doesn't think he's involved, like... But she just thinks he probably knows more than he said. But they've never talked about it. Huh. Okay. I have some theories of brewing, but so, I'll just keep listening. So for the rest of the week, everyone tried reaching out to Tiffany's other friends attempting to locate her. But they got nowhere with that. 
And then she didn't return to work as they expected her to, and that's what prompted the missing thing on the 17th. The only way to get to the beach is by crossing over a bridge that is monitored by closed-circuit television. So police viewed the footage and learned that the car crossed the bridge at 7.51 p.m. on the evening of the 12th. However, it just shows the license plate and not the occupants, so there was no way to determine if Tiffany was the driver or not. But I asked Cindy what she thought about that, and she said she does think that Tiffany was driving her car and she crossed the bridge. Just knowing her, she said it made sense to her that Tiffany would go to the beach. She just, like, needed some me time. Mm. So even though they can't see anybody in it, she said she does think that she is the driver at the 751 marker. Here's what she had to say. You know, we've gone back and forth forever. We we just totally assumed that it was her. But in... And we're not finding anything that says it might not have been her. So it's a, that one's a hard one, Megan, because it's a, it's a 50-50 thing as to whether she did. We feel like she did, but that's only because we know her habits and things like that. We feel like it was Tiffany driving that car, but there's really no proof of that. It only shows the license plate in the back. It does not show anything else. As you know, residents of the neighboring condominiums said that her car was only parked there for a little bit, like maybe two days. And there were witnesses claiming that they saw a man exit the vehicle. (gasps) Two years later, another witness would come forward saying that they saw a shirtless man wearing red shorts opening the trunk of Tiffany's car on the day that it was found. He was described as being a white male between the ages of 30 and 40 and that seemed to match the one given years earlier by the condo residents. So they said that they'd seen somebody, I guess, over there like that. And then people were like, yeah, I saw that person opening the trunk of that car. But, like, why wait years to say that? Yeah. I don't know. But, again, Sydney and I didn't talk about that. That's just, like, everywhere on the internet. Yeah. Yes. Huh. Over the years, there have been a lot of tips and sightings reported. But one potential sighting of Tiffany stands out. A woman working as a server in a restaurant in Metairie, Louisiana, so that's just outside of New Orleans for those of you who are not familiar, she had an encounter with some customers that struck her as odd. But the woman was actually the sister-in-law of one of Cindy's co-workers who had met Tiffany before. Okay, so the the waitress. I don't know if it was actually, if it was the co-worker. I think it's the co-worker, Cindy's co-worker had met Tiffany before. Okay. I don't think the waitress I met Tiffany before. Okay, But you're right, that is kind of vague, so hmm, to be determined. So she said that an older Hispanic woman who was well-dressed came in with two younger women. The server noticed a resemblance between one of the young women and Tiffany Daniels, but I think because of a missing poster Mm -hmm. or like perhaps something her sister shared because her sister knew the family. Okay. So according to the server, the girl who looked like Tiffany – asked if an item on the menu was made with chicken or fish. Tiffany was a pescatarian, so that's someone who doesn't eat any meat except seafood. Later, the server told her that she looked a lot like Tiffany Daniels, and when the server returned, the three women were gone. For some reason, she waited a long time to report this, and because of that, there was no surveillance footage available because it had been taped over. I know. I asked Cindy, Tiffany's mom, about this potential sighting in Metairie, and here's what she said. We set up a, or 
shall I say, Noel set up a um, anonymous tip line. Okay. And the sighting happened December the 7th of 2013, but we were not notified until the person did not send the tip to the tip line until January the 22nd or 23rd. And that's why the footage was taped over, right? Yes, yeah. that's why the footage was taped over. She actually was the sister-in-law of one of my former co-workers who works for the company still, but in Louisiana, mm -hmm. over in uh, Metairie. And um, she had met Tiffany. And she. this is the only lead that we got that we never could say yes or no every single lead that has come in on her i have been able to take it all the way to the end until it was def definitive that it was not her um every single one of them that's the only one that we couldn't because when i of course it would happen on a weekend mm -hmm. of course it would happen on a friday and of course it would be at mr ed's restaurant in metairie louisiana where it was hopping busy yeah. and the manager couldn't come to the phone and it didn't make any difference so when I finally got a hold of him he told me their feed only recorded for two weeks at a time and it recorded over it so yeah that's so unfortunate I can't like and maddening like I'd be so frustrated if I was you it, it, it is frustrating because a few weeks later a there was a, a operation that busted a small trafficking ring Unfortunate, well, fortunately, the girls were underage and they got them out. Unfortunately, Tiffany was not one of them. So um, for us, it's unfortunate for that reason to get her out if she weren't part of that. But it just proved to us that the possibility, and we found out later on because of another girl that had been taken in Panama City um, and had gone through, they were taking her through Mississippi and Louisiana on the way to New Orleans. So we learned that that path through there had been a off the beaten path path from the interstate so that people wouldn't see him because only locals go to these oh, restaurants where yeah. she was at. So it turned out to be that it was a very lucrative um, adventure of learning about all of that. But sadly enough, that was enough to get us really upset because we couldn't prove. We, we could not trace it down. Um, do you think it was Tiffany? Wow, you know, more of me thinks it was her, Megan, than not. Now, is it because I want to believe it was her? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there was just something odd about it. And anytime I haven't been able to prove it wasn't her, to, in my mind, it's her until I can prove it. Yeah. So, That's how know, I'd want to look at it, too, yeah. It's just what your mind does. <laughs> yeah. Your mind does that, too. You know, the, immediately you go, oh, it's her, you know. Um I think the possibility that it was Tiffany was just as high of that one than it was anything else. And there was the, she was a pescatarian, right? And there was a question about food. She, yeah, she, she um, we had gone, when she turned vegetarian, we went to a um, Chinese restaurant and they had actually run out of the fish broth and they substituted chicken broth and she noticed it right away and complained and so it was got to where every time we went to a restaurant that she was getting anything that had a broth base in it, and they said it was vegetarian, she'd question them mm -hmm. quite constantly. So the question was definitely gave me a red flag because that was something I had witnessed with Tiffany before, her asking that question. Yeah. And no one knew that but me. 
because it was just her and me at these lunches, mm-hmm. you know. So that was something that was not public knowledge at that time or nothing, you know. So it, it did. It made a lot of sense to me. Tiffany's family set up a Facebook page called Help Find Tiffany, which is how I got in contact with her mom. I believe tips and potential sightings have been reported there, but one of her mom's posts is how I found out about two potential other leads not that long ago. Sadly, they both ended up going nowhere. A post written on August 12th of this year, so the anniversary, Mm. read, quote, Last November brought us two leads. One, a woman beat on our door at 6 a.m., claiming to know who took Tiffany. After much investigation, it was determined that she was in need of mental health help and had no connection to our case. Oh, that's so sad. The second was a bit more intense. Real possibilities, real people, real bad people. I've lived in a nightmare with our person of interest since October. And finally, thanks to the hard, diligent work of our new detective, this lead has been totally worked. And actually, I have to say, we're relieved it was just another person seeking fame at our daughter's expense because the people we investigated left no witnesses behind. At this point, no closure is better than the thoughts of what could have been had that lead panned out. Mm. So here we are, back to step one, end quote. And Cindy and I talked about both of those leads, and here's what she had to say. Back in November of last year, she, we, uh, someone started beating on our door at 6 o'clock in the morning, and... Um, when we went to the door and asked who it was, she said that she knew who had taken Tiffany and they were after her too. Well, um, Rodney continued to question her a lot and then he stepped out on the porch with her and I stayed behind and inside with the door um, cracked. And I was just fixing to call the police because she was just rambling on and on and she was spitting out a lot of names and saying a lot of stuff and it was just like, overload uh, like I, you didn't know whether this was true this was a joke what what is that you know what what's going on here is this real and um I come to find out she had contacted class kids um and given them some information too and so I contacted Brad Dennis and he came over and talked with her and she finally left and um she had unfortunately she's very disturbed and she had been kind of stalking my family and several other people in town and she had written books about them and it was um it was very very scary um the fact that she knew where that we were terrified that she could find us because all these years not one person's ever come to our house like that and Mm -hmm. it's just weird that she could come in and do that so we made sure she got the help she needed after we went through everything and made sure there was no validity to any of her um, writings or any of the stuff mm-hmm. that she had and then um, two weeks later after we got that cleared up we get a message Noel gets a message on her Facebook page saying that they know something about Tiffany so they call they give me the number and I call the person and he um, tells me that he was with Tiffany the night she disappeared and he continues to go on and tell me he knows who took, took her and who and how she her life ended and all of this. And so we've spent up until the last few months ago um, picking every single bit of this lead apart. Um, interviewing people, talking to people, doing fingerprinting, doing lie detector tests, doing everything to um, take this 
us apart. And the sad thing is, is the the people that were in, that we were investigating are very, very bad people. One's in prison; the other one died waiting to be sentenced to prison. And their victims met a very horrible death. And there are still some victims connected to them that have never been found. And it was a very scary thing to go through. But we feel very, very confident that that Tiffany was not one of the victims and was not involved. These these people did not get a hold of her. And were they um, traffickers or? No, they're just actually local boys. <laughs> just local wow. boys yeah we got some bad people in this town making we do we, we we really really do and um it's it's very very scary very very scary and um um but we feel very confident I, I have to say as much as i want to find tiffany finding her through something that could have happened at the hands of these guys was not what i wanted to find so she mentioned brad dennis in that clip and he's the director of search operations at Class Kids, which is a foundation that was started in 1994 after a 12-year-old girl named Polly Class was kidnapped and murdered. According to the website, her parents wanted to, quote, create a legacy in her name that would be protective of children for generations to come, end quote. So they do a lot of missing children searches, missing people mm-hmm. searches, uh, like nationwide. So, So let's talk about theories. Theory one would be that Tiffany left on her own. Theory two is that she committed suicide. And theory three is that she became a victim of human trafficking. Hmm. So theory one, it was reported that after searching Tiffany's house, they found her camping gear. So it wasn't believed that she left to go on some sort of trip. Though it was odd that she told her boss she was taking time off work. This isn't something that people close to Tiffany think is possible at all. But... Someone does disagree. Here's what Cindy told me about that. So and there was a guy that went to school with her at Pensacola High. She was in the IB program, and he he moved to New Orleans, and he 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 dug up stuff. when you know when you go to school, you had a fight with your parents. He took anything that Tiffany ever said about. I'm so mad at my mom today, I can't do this, or my dad won't let me do anything that she ever complained about. He took it and ran with it, and you wouldn't believe what he put on Lincoln did about us. It yeah. was unbelievable that people can just put that stuff on there. Gosh, there's like so many instances of people being really hurtful about yeah. something that is, like this is a real person with a real family. Yeah, and like, like if, high school is so different than 25. She was 25 when she went yeah. missing. It's almost 10 years later. Yeah, you're Get mad at your parents at 16. That's not the same. I did a ton of stuff when I was 16 that I would never do now that I'm... What, when you were 25? Yeah, also a little yeah. bit of that. Um, and that, like, I'm, you're... You're not the same person at 16 that you are at 25 at all. Yeah. You're not on your own. You're not independent. You don't have your yeah. own apartment and your own job. Yeah. You don't make a lot of decisions. But you don't run your life, basically. Yeah. So, and like there are, How this is hurtful. real people. So sometimes we say some really judgmental things, but it's not about the victims. It's mm-hmm. more about the persons of interest those or suspects or whatever. Suspects. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those are just our opinions, of course. But like he was trying to like, Act like he had facts, I guess. Like, oh, this one time she told me, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah, but more like, than it's that, it's thing. like, it, it really messes up the memory. Like, if your parent's looking for your your missing child, like, why would you corrupt the memory that they have yeah. of their relationship with their yeah, kid yeah, anyway? Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. That's, that's pretty dirty. Yeah, jerk. So, theory two is suicide. 
And her family does not believe that Tiffany would have committed suicide because she had plans in the works to do things like go to Austin to visit her boyfriend. And making future plans is not something that people generally do if they have a plan to kill themselves. Yeah. Or come back to work. Honestly, it's the yeah. last thing I'll do. Yeah, why would you even tell your boss you're leaving? Like, leaving yeah. early that day, sure. But, like, I need the rest of the week off. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, super random. Here's what her parents think about that. I believe that if, if Tiffany could come home, she would. I know with all my heart, and so does her dad, that she did not leave on her own will to be gone for any time. I think Tiffany might have met someone, thought she was going to have a great time with them that night. Maybe they were going to look at her artwork and things did not work out. Maybe she went off with them thinking things were going to be fun and things didn't work out. But I can say with all honesty that I believe that if, if Tiffany could come home, she would come home or she would call us. I know that because of the family dynamics in the last couple of years, she's just We've just been really, really close, and I just don't, you know, I just do know that if if she were able to contact us, she will. For like what days? Because she had the farewell breakfast. Yeah. So she, yeah, she had just said that she didn't want to move, and so she wouldn't have left on her own, and she yeah. wouldn't have killed herself because if she didn't want to be there, Pensacola. She wasn't ready to leave Pensacola. She wasn't ready to leave her family. So neither of those make sense. Yeah. If you were ready to leave Pensacola, you would have left with your long-term boyfriend and moved to Austin. Agreed. So, Interesting. Yeah, interject. I think it's interesting that maybe it was like she had to take care of that thing before she could even consider moving. You know, maybe she had stuff going on in her life that maybe Gary knows about. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, I need time to reconcile this this. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then it could clear things up, and maybe whatever that thing was led to this. Yeah, or something. Somehow got her in trouble. Some shifty character. And then theory three is trafficking, and this is what the majority of theories are circling the internet. Like, they're all related to trafficking some way. One report I saw said that Tiffany was believed to be somewhere on the West Coast currently, so maybe Northern California or the Seattle area. One news report from May of 19, so like the most recent May, Mm -hmm. said that, quote, I-10 is the busiest sex trafficking corridor in the entire country, end quote. It stretches 2,500 miles across the southern portion of the United States, all the way from Santa Monica, California to Jacksonville, Florida. And apparently that makes it like a prime location for crimes like drug smuggling, prostitution, and human trafficking because it's so expansive. I-10 runs right through Pensacola, where Tiffany was last seen. And you heard Cindy earlier mention about a girl they learned who was taken from Panama City who was transported off the beaten path, though, and not through a mega trafficking corridor. So it might be that, like, they located these girls off of I-10 and then, like, went somewhere else. But, like, either way... Either if you're taking the back roads or taking the main road, the I 10 ish area was yeah. known, known for this. For this. Yeah. Ooh. At the Department of Justice National Conference on Human Trafficking in 2006, they identified I 10 as one of the main routes for traffickers in the US. Gosh, so, I have no idea. That's yeah. so sad. Ugh, gives me chills. I asked Cindy about Tiffany taking off time from work and the potential that she was trafficked. I said, quote, if she didn't leave on her own free will, do you have like an opinion on why she needed to miss work? Because that's like oddly coincidental. Like I need to be gone for a few days and then you're smuggled, you know, like it's weird. And here's what's the perfect storm. Yeah, 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 that's true. And here's what Cindy had to say. No, because we, we felt like she 
we, I know that her boss told her he could help her sell some of her artwork. And there was artwork in her car. And we have always thought that she perhaps went over to the beach to sell some of her artwork. Okay. Um, but that, that was really the only, um, the only thought that we could come up with on that. Hmm. She loved the beach. It wasn't unusual for her to drive over there. If you suspect someone is the victim of human trafficking, the best thing you can do is stall that person from leaving so that the authorities can be contacted. So definitely not point out in front of the people they're with that they look like a missing person like the lady did at the restaurant. Mm. So if you're unable to stall them, try your best to get a description of the vehicle they're in, the color, make, model, and the license plate, or even what direction they left in. But not be like, hey, you look like this missing person, because if she is that missing person, the person who's taken her is going to like get out of Dodge. Yeah. According to innocenceatrisk.org, a nonprofit created to fight child exploitation and human trafficking. Some of the signs that someone is a victim include showing signs of injury or physical abuse, appearing malnourished, seeming disoriented, not having many personal possessions, or always seeming like they're in the same clothes regardless of weather or circumstances, mm-hmm. and not having any identification documents. So if you meet somebody who meets those criteria, they could be in that situation. Mm-hmm. That person may also avoid eye contact, and be reluctant to talk to strangers, or fearful of authority figures like police. They may have little independence, or they may always be accompanied by someone else who often speaks for them or makes their decisions. Hmm. So just something to be on the lookout for. Especially if you're on I-10 somewhere. Yeah. When I was concluding my correspondence with Cindy, I asked her, is there anything you wish the media knew about your daughter and this story? Or are there any misconceptions that you want to clear up? Here's what she said. So I want to put this to rest. Growing up and being in high school was totally different. Tiffany was 25 when she disappeared. She was an adult. What she did in high school and what most kids do in high school has nothing to do with what they're doing when they're 25. And every kid dislikes their parents at one time because they hear the word no. And I was never so disappointed that someone would be so malicious and do something like that. And that I I was just shocked, Megan. I was like, are you kidding me? It made me not want to do any podcasts. It made me not want to talk to anybody because I was like, what difference does it make? They're going to put out there anything they want to anyway, you know? And I thought, well, that's not fair. I don't have a right to, you know, I don't have a chance to tell anyone. But trust me, if people would just really stop and think when they see negative things about the missing kids, what they did when they were young and then if they disappeared when they were done has nothing to do with it. Yeah. 90% of the time it doesn't. I I, I hate when people are missing. People have a, a way of going and gravitating towards anything bad or wrong or the fact that they, when, when they first thing they say, well, if that kid ran away when they were young, when they asked me what she ran away, I said, what she did when she was 16 has nothing to do with what she did when she's 25. I, I, want, I want the public to understand that all those things are, are not important like people try to emphasize it. You know, it, what's important is what was happening right then. Agreed. Circumstances are totally different. Yeah. Her but life's I, different. I ran away, not for very long, because I was a terrible runaway. And But, like, I ran away when I was 13, and there's 14. There's no way I would run away now. So if something happens to me, I did not run away. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Okay, I did not run away. Somebody has taken me. I also would never go on a trip without documenting it heavily on Instagram or something. And so sending like, people my coordinates. Yeah, and, like, and I share my location with, like, 
a handful of my friends. So if you have any information about the disappearance of Tiffany Daniels or her current whereabouts, please contact the Pensacola Police Department at 850-435-1900. You are also encouraged to send a message to Tiffany's mom through the Help Find Tiffany Facebook page. If you have any information about Tiffany being a victim of human trafficking or any information about anyone being a victim of human trafficking, please contact 911 or the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. Contact information is usually where we end our episode, but today I want to end with this. I know she's out there and I know that she'll come home and I just... I just know that she'll find a way. If there's a way for her to get home, I know she's going to find it. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sideline sleuths. And if you haven't already had the chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Facebook, or any social media or streaming platforms available.